0: You saved me. How you took a million wrongs and made them right. made them right. And, made them right. Made them right. and it's crazy how you raised me. I you. I got a good Lord. Well, every day, every step of the way, it's you who opens the door. Good Lord, I got a good Lord. Good Lord, I got a good
1: You're so good to
0: us.
1: Even in the times when we we don't deserve it, Father, You are good to us. Your mercy and Your grace and Your forgiveness is beyond anything that we can comprehend. Father, we thank You For the opportunity to choose
0: you. (laughs) That is good.
1: Father, we thank you for this beautiful day that you've allowed us to see.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Your mercy. We thank you
1: for each breath that we have. We thank you for each step that we're able to make. We thank you, Father, that we're able to experience a brand new day that you have created. Every day is a day of thanksgiving. Every day is a day of thanksgiving. So, Father, as we are in this praise service right now, Father, we offer up praise to you, King of kings, Lord of lords. Father, we lay everything that we've carried this week. We lay it at your feet yes, now.
0: Out of the flesh into the spirit. Everything.
1: Father, and even as we're in this worship service, Father, I'm declaring right now that every bout of fatigue, every bout of tiredness, every spirit of Depression, confusion, chaos, worry, doubt, sickness. Father, we declare that it has to go now. In Jesus' name. And Father, in its place, we release the spirit of peace, of love, of joy, of soundness, of healing of holiness, of completeness. You are and Father, we just thank you. We thank you. We thank you. For those of you, if this is your first time here, We believe in sharing what the Lord has put on our hearts and in our minds. So there are mics in the front, in the back of the church. If the Lord has given you a scripture verse or a word, please feel free to step out to one of the mics and share what the Lord has placed on your heart.
2: Realized recently, <clears throat> a few days ago, actually, how truly good God is
0: oh, good
2: to me, to us, to you.
0: Yeah.
2: But I don't know y'all well enough to know how good He is to you. But I can tell you how good He is to me. Amen. And I've been telling people, "How you doing?" You wouldn't believe me if I I told you. (laughs) Nobody's called me on it yet. But um, it never ceases to amaze me every day how good he is Mm. and how special he is. And how much he enjoys hearing it from us. Uh, I have a trial going on and for a little while it set me back as far as how good God is. But uh, transmission went out of my son's car and the transmission was only a few thousand miles old. But anyway, don't need to go into that. So he decided to replace the car so he had me looking for one. So I went down to Westport to look at one and uh met the guy at Quick Trip. Went to back up in my car and it wouldn't back up. In fact it was locked up and I couldn't couldn't even push it backwards. So this guy was looking at the car to buy. He says, well, well, I thought if I could just get it out of this parking spot, then I could go forward. Because it would go forward. I did that right up against the post. Anyway, so we went to the hardware store and bought a tow rope and hooked onto the back of it. He was spinning his wheels. He couldn't move it. so then he backs up and he gets a run at it and it sounded like a shotgun blast and my car backed up and I could drive it from Westport to Independence well I could have and was entertaining That not being a good thing. And it's not a good thing. But in the process of all this, I got to witness to this guy. And God wanted this man to hear. So all I can say is it's worth it. He told me one time, if you can save one soul, it's worth it. And at the time, my car was broke down in uh, Colorado Springs. And uh, we were on vacation. We'd taken this 18-year-old kid with us who was quite autistic, violent, et etc. Et and I needed help to fix the car. He wouldn't do it. So we were staying at a a church member's, church friend's house. And uh, anyway, I borrowed their bicycle. I found the part I needed all the way across town. Borrowed his bicycle, and I was riding down the street complaining about this kid who wouldn't help me. And I was saying to God, How much do you expect me to give for this kid? And he said to me, all that you have is not too much to give. Changed everything.
3: From the prophet Nahum. A jealous and avenging God is the Lord. The Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserves wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. And the Lord will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. In whirlwind and storm is his way, and clouds are the dust beneath his feet. He rebukes the sea and makes it dry. He dries up all the rivers, Bashan and Carmel wither. The blossoms of Lebanon wither. Mountains quake because of him and the hills dissolve. Indeed, the earth is upheaved by his presence, the world and all the inhabitants in it. Who can stand before his indignation? Who can endure the burning of his anger? His wrath is poured out like fire and the rocks are broken up by him. The Lord is good a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who take refuge in him. But with an overflowing flood, he will make a complete end of its sight and will pursue his enemies into darkness. Whatever you devise against the Lord, he will make a complete end of it. Distress will not rise up twice. Father, we bless you. We bless your holy name. Lord, I pray that we would have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is speaking to us. We would have the the courage and boldness to declare to prophesy and to decree your will into the earth. May you be glorified in all that is said and done.
1: yet I will exult in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He has made my feet like hind feet and made me walk on the high places. Yet, I will exalt in the Lord.
0: Amen. I love you, Lord. For your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up till I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love you, Lord. For oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up, wake up till, till I lay my hands, I, I, I will sing of the goodness of God. Oh, God. All my life you have been faithful Yeah And all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am made I will sing of the goodness of God I love your voice You have led me through the fire. In the darkest night, You are close like no other. I've known
4: You you as my Father. father. I've known You you
0: you as a friend. I have lived in the goodness of God all my life. All my life you have been faithful. Ah, All my life you
3: have
0: been so, so good. With every breath that I am made, I will speak of your goodness, God. One more time, all my life. All my life you have been faithful in everything, Lord. And all my life you have been so, so. Your voice. I you, Cause you've led me to the fire. In the darkest night you are close like no other. I've known you as my father. I've, you as you father, I've known you as my friend. I
3: have lived in the goodness of God.
0: One more, running Your goodness is running after, running after me. I know, I know. Your goodness is running after, running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. God, I give you everything. Your goodness is running after. Your goodness is running after, running after me. Thank you, God, that your mercies are new every day, every day. We thank you that you are our advocate, that you're always praying for us and pleading our case in front of the throne room, in front of your Daddy. Friend of our Father, our Father God. Ah, your goodness. Like I said last week, us being evil know how to give good gifts to our children. Think how much more the Father in heaven loves to give good gifts to those children of his that follow him, that love him, that are obedient to him. Thank you, Jesus. So
5: therefore, see the Lord your God is in your midst. He's the mighty one who saves, and he rejoices over us with gladness, and he quiets us with his love, and he will exalt over us with loud singing.
0: Feated above, enthroned in the Father's love. Destined to die, poured out for all mankind. Our God's only Son, the perfect and spotless One. Well, he never sinned, but suffered as if he did Seated, Seated above and in the Father's love Destined to die, he poured out for all God's only Son, the perfect and spotless One. Where well, He never spent, He suffered as if He did. All authority, all authority. Right.
5: Praise you, Lord, O my soul, O my innermost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord my soul and forget not His benefits. He forgives all your sins and heals all of your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion and satisfies your desires with good things. And your youth is renewed like the eagles.
4: into this scripture here in, in uh, Isaiah chapter 32 Behold a king will reign in righteousness princes rule with justice man will be at a hiding place from the wind as you shadow of a great walk in a weary land we are in a weary land Eyes of those who see will not be dim and, and the ears of those who hear will listen. Listen. Also the heart of the rash will understand knowledge, and the tongue of the stammers will be very dis- ready to speak plainly. Or to stop me on this in the scripture here. I think it's very meaningful for our day and time. We need to be listening. We need to be hearing. Yes. Hearing what the Lord says. Very important. Very important. (laughs) I'm
6: being reminded this morning about. Our Father, how great He is, and I'm also reminded that He is over all things, not some things. Everything is under Him.
3: Anybody else? And you don't have to worry about the baby. It doesn't bother me at all. I love when kids are in here making noise.
0: I'm just reminded
7: of the days that we live in where taking the life of the unborn is applauded, and transgenderism. And this is the word that comes to me, and it's in 1 Peter 3. For the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous, and his ears attend to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? Come on now. But even if you should suffer the sake of righteousness, you are blessed, Absolutely. and do not fear their intimidation. And do not be troubled, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your heart, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. And keep a good conscience so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. For it's better if God should will it so, that you suffer for doing what's right rather than for doing what is wrong. Amen. Amen.
3: That's awesome. Good words. Good words. Anyone else hearing something from the Lord? Amen. I have a short message before the message that came to me as we were just focusing on the Lord. And it's out of Luke chapter 5. In verse 17, it says, One day He, which was Jesus, was teaching. And there were some Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea And from Jerusalem. And here's the section I want to focus on. And the power of the Lord was present for him, Jesus, to perform healing. Verse 18. 17 was a long verse. And some men were carrying on a bed a man who was paralyzed and they were trying to bring him in and set him down in front of him. But not finding any way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down through the tiles with his stretcher into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith. Seeing their faith He said, friend, your sins are forgiven you. Uh Uh-oh, firestorm. (laughs) The scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus, aware of their reasonings, answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins have been forgiven you, or to say, get up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on the earth to forgive sins, He said to the paralytic, I say to you, get up and pick up your stretcher and go home. You don't even have to stay for the rest of the meeting. Go home. Immediately he got up before them and he picked up what he had been lying on and went home glorifying God. They were all struck with astonishment and began glorifying God and they were filled with fear saying, We have seen remarkable things today. Let's go back to verse 18. Or actually the end of 17. The power of the Lord was present for Jesus to perform healing. There were Pharisees there, scribes. We don't know how many people were there. But the power of the Lord was present for Jesus to perform healing. And one man got healed. Praise God. But why wasn't there more? The power of the Lord was present to perform healing. And one man got healed. And the Scripture says... Jesus, seeing their faith, that man got healed. The religious were reasoning in their heart, who does this guy think he is? One man got healed. When the power of the Lord was present to heal them all. Can we be brutally honest when it comes to healing, physical healing? We Christians, not just this congregation, but Christians, have a boatload of unbelief. Now, before I say any more, I need to let you know that when I became a Christian... Some of my worldly skepticism didn't vanish. And I was skeptical, skeptical about a lot of things and healing was one of them. I won't tell you how many arguments my wife and I got into over it. I'll just leave it there. Because she was not a skeptic and she had been healed before. And I had never been healed what we would call supernaturally before. And I've been going to church and I've seen the prayer lines. And I hadn't seen much. And what I discovered, and it took years, is I had more faith in my experience than in what God says. I went by what was not happening with me, what I was not seeing around me, because I wanted to see something like, you know, spectacular. When I see an arm grow out, Or somebody that cannot see and he gets two new eyeballs, okay. That would be hard to argue with. But your headache disappearing wasn't good enough for me. And praise God, when you have a headache and you get healed from it, it's just as supernatural as anything else. But I wasn't in the place then as I am now. And so I was a skeptic when it came to physical healing. until you know when you when you study scripture and you study the life of Jesus eventually you're going to have to deal with some things if you're going to be honest with yourself you're just not going to be able to get around certain things yeah yeah there's a is he in the back room yeah. Is the speaker on? There's a speaker in that room. Can you hear back there? Testing 1, 2, 3, 14, 13. I can't count very well. 62. Hello? Can you hear me now? Do you have a cupcake or a donut? Go ahead and eat it. Coffee, drink it. Hello. Testing 1, 2, 43. It's on? Hello. Can you hear back there? Oh, yeah, you can't hear now. Yeah. How about now? Hello. Hello. No? Hello, testing one two three. Okay, I'm I'm going to move on. Breaks over. Is there a knob on the board? Yeah, it's on. It, there's a knob in the back of the speaker too. Okay. Luke five. The power of the Lord was present to perform healing. One man gets healed. Jesus, seeing his faith, which is what? Faith is not just a belief. It's just not a mental assent. Faith is an action. Faith is a response to something that God has said. That's what faith is. Faith is not initiated on our own. We don't decide we want something or we want to do something and we work up what we might call faith and act on it. We hear what God says, then we respond to what God is saying. That's faith. We read scripture and we hear something, we read something, we come to understanding of something, we respond to it, that's faith. Faith can only exist where the will of God is known. I didn't know that when I first became a Christian. I was told otherwise, like, just start believing for this and just start believing for that. How many of you have heard that phrase? Just believe God. Well, here's an eye-opening, and it, it took years for me to come to this realization. You cannot believe God for anything he doesn't say. That should be so obvious. But when he says it or when he promises it to us or to you individually, then you can believe it 100% no matter what it looks like. And often what it looks like initially is going in the opposite direction sometimes of what he said. And so reading scripture and studying the life of Jesus, Jesus is our model. Not your favorite preacher, not your parents, not what everybody else is doing, has done. The Lord doesn't grade on a curve. Jesus. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. How did he live? How did he say things? How did he do things? How did he respond? How did he interact with people? The study of his life, just the three and a half years living on this earth, And so I couldn't get away from healing because he performed healing a lot. And I had been told before, too, well, that's all, you know, in the past. Jesus needed to do that for blah, 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 whatever reason. Well, the Bible doesn't say that. I mean, if that was true, wouldn't the Bible say that? It's just like the, the apostolic, so many Christians and even uh, uh uh theologians even and pastors believe the apostolic's done away with it's not needed anymore. The Bible doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. It does say we need all five of those gifts: apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor and teacher until the perfecting of the saints does say that. I guess we're going to need them until we come into Christ's likeness. Anyway, I departed a little bit. I'll come back. Let me just cut to the quick. I started believing in healing when I got healed. Then I got supernaturally healed again. And then again. And I've lost count. And a few years ago, you see, when you first become a Christian, you don't need to know anything. You really don't, except Jesus, and he loves you, and you love him. You don't need to know anything else. And then when he speaks or he leads you, you just respond. Just respond to him. Yeah. Yeah, you don't. All you need to know is if God said it. My favorite illustration of faith, how faith works from Scripture, from the Gospels, is when Peter walked on water. It's so simple. In the middle of the night, there's a storm, the disciples are on a boat, Jesus comes walking on the water. Now, I don't know about you, that would freak me out. I grew up around the water. I've never seen anybody walk on it except when it was solid from ice. Walking on, that would just, it would. Peter calls out after Jesus says, hey guys, it's me, it's okay. Then Peter says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. What was he saying? If you give me the word, I can do that. What was he not saying? Without the word, I can't do that. Jesus said, all he said was one word, come. What did Peter do? He responded to that one word and got out of the boat and walked on water. Jesus really wasn't walking on water. He was walking on the word. Come. That is how faith works right there. Jesus didn't even, he just asked, hey, give me a word. Now, Jesus could have walked up and said, hey, guys, all of you, get out. Let's go. We're walking. As soon as he says it, that initiates faith. I can do it because you said so. Now, if Jesus would stand there and say, hey, don't worry, guys, it's me. And Peter would like, well, I'm going to do, bless God, I'm just going to believe that I receive walking on the water. And I just, try, I know I can do it. I'm just going to believe it. Guys, be praying. He'd have sunk like a rock. But because he had a word, that's so important. Faith is so simple. But we have to have a word. If you have trouble hearing the voice of God, he's got a lot of words in here. And healing is in here. And so a few years ago, that's Midwest talk, you know, because a few years ago it could have been 40. It wasn't really that long, but just the other day, that's even a better one, just the other day, and it was 35 years ago, a few years back, I was, I think I was in my living room. I was. I don't even think I was praying. Of course, my praying, I just talk to the Lord during the day. That's thats how I pray most of the time. Just talk to him. Lord, what about this? What about that? What are you saying? Those kinds of stuff. Sometimes a scripture is just, I'm stuck on a scripture. Yeah, anybody like that? You just get stuck on a scripture? And it's like, really? I know what that means, but I know there's more. So what are you telling me? Or you get stuck on a word in the scripture? Just one word? I've done that for weeks. It's like, that word is just, I'm going to dig into that until I tear it up. So the Lord just, out of the blue, says, Why? Do you ask me to heal people? Now, what we do in Christian circles, we have these prayer lines, or when we pray for the sick, we'll walk up, and let's just say Jen, Jennifer, right? Mm-hmm. Jennifer's not feeling well. Typically, what we've been trained by what we've seen in things, and because we don't understand our authority, the power, the authority God's given us, and what Christ has said, we'll say... Uh, Father, I ask you to heal Jennifer. That's what the Lord was asking me about. Why do you ask me to heal people? And here was my answer. Aren't I supposed to? Here was God's answer. He didn't. Do you ever not get an answer from God? And that just irritates you. It didn't irritate me. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I knew what he was wanting me to do. When he doesn't answer, he wants me to discover the answer. So I got into the, the scripture. I looked at every scripture that Jesus performed healing. Not one time did he ever ask his father to heal anybody. Not once. I read Scripture of where Jesus told us to heal. He never told us when you go, ask the Father to heal people. Not one time. Then I looked at the disciples. I mean, since they walked with Jesus. Learned firsthand how did they do it. Not one time when they healed anybody did they ask the Father to do it. Now I'm going to warn you. We are held responsible for the revelation God gives us. I mentioned moments ago, when you first become born again, you don't need to know anything. You don't need to know how all this kind of functions and works. You just need to know God loves you. You love Him. You have new life now, and you're learning to follow Him. So God holds us responsible for the truth and the revelation he gives to us at any point in our growth process. Before the Lord asked me, why do you ask me to heal people? I didn't know. Even though it was written, I didn't know any other way. I was responding in good faith with a clean conscience. God's not into, you've got to say it just right. You've got to use the exact words, the verbiage. You've got to get the formula. He's not into any of that. It's faith. Do what I tell you to do. So he questioned me. I got into the word. I discovered nowhere are we told to ask God to heal anybody. Now I'm held responsible from that point forward. And when I get up here and preach it, you are too. (laughs) So how did Jesus heal people? I always go back to this because the scripture is clear. The Bible says that Jesus only did what he saw the Father do. He only said what he heard the Father say. When you read through all the different ways Jesus healed, we just read one of them when this man was let down through the roof, which is bizarre. I mean, let's just, that would be bizarre, right? We're sitting in the house and all of a sudden your roof is coming off and the guy, isn't that weird? That would be weird. My first thought is, who's fixing the hole in my roof? <laughs> who's paying for this? But what did Jesus do? Doesn't even say he touched them. He didn't pray to his father. He said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Does that mean every time you're sick it's sin? No. Sickness is part of the curse. But what did Jesus do? He only said what he heard the Father say. What did he hear the Father say? Friend, your sins are forgiven. That's what he heard the Father say. So all he did was say it, and that was faith, and the man was healed. Hallelujah. See how simple that is? Amen. You know, especially in charismatic circles, we like putting somebody in a circle and getting around them and just just praying the hair off their head and back on again. We do. He speaking in tongues and, you know, all kinds of stuff. and it... Jesus didn't do any of that. Now, if he tells you to, fine, but I would have to hear clearly. Because I don't have a pattern for that in Scripture. What I do have a pattern for is Jesus just said what he heard the Father say. Or the woman with the issue of blood, she, Jesus just walking. And she went and touched the hymn and got healed. Another time, man, I've really been wishing the Lord spoke speak this to me, because I want to do it to some of you so bad, but none of you are blind. None of you are blind, so I don't have to spit and make mud and put it on your eyes. And when you go to Jerusalem and you find out where Jesus had this interaction with that man that he put mud on his eyes and where he told him to go wash, it was a long, rocky walk that he couldn't make it by himself. He had to have had help. To get to the pool of Siloam to wash his eyes. So sometimes he did it that way. What we've done in church is come up front. We pray and ask God for you to be healed and go return to your seat. How come we don't do it like Jesus does it? He's the one that taught it. I'm just asking a question. How come we don't? Is it because it's so difficult to hear what God is saying? Here's Here's another hint. If you're praying for yourself or for somebody else and you're not hearing anything clearly, we already have some things written down. We can pray the Scripture. So now that I've went through all of that, There's probably not going to be one hand raised now. If you have a need physically, mentally, emotionally, and it's really the same, healing's healing. Whether it's physical, spiritual, mental, whatever whatever it is. And it's still this, if you want to say a, method or process, it's, it's always really the same. And it really always comes down to this. Every decision we make personally, as a family, as a congregation, it always comes down to this. What is God saying? That's why I say that so often. You hear me say it all the time. I say it Sunday nights, Wednesday What's the Lord saying? Not what we're feeling, not our emotion. Not what we want God to do. What is he actually saying? There was a time many years ago, Renee and I, it happens on, you know, just a very rare, like, every 20-year occasion. We were arguing. We were arguing. (laughs) And we were in the car. And this was in Blue Springs. And we were headed to my sister's house. And I was irritated about something. And um, we went there. And we were on our way home. And we approached she lives off of Roanoke, if you know who that's at in Blue Springs. And we approached uh, Seven Highway, Roanoke and Seven, and there were people gathered and cars stopped and we seen this kid, uh I come to later to find out, I think he was either twelve or he thirteen years old, was hit on a on a bicycle and the bicycle was a crumpled mess and so was he and the bike was probably somewhere 50 60 feet away from him there were people up on the on the not the sidewalk but there was a little hill grassy hill trees and they're looking at this kid their ambulance wasn't there yet and i saw the truck that hit him cuz it stopped and it was a 3 quarter ton pickup truck with a really long trailer on the back of it that had lawn mowers so you know they were into landscaping and Seven Highways, 45 miles an hour there. So I don't know how fast he was going. But I would assume probably somewhere in there. This boy tried to get across Seven Highway on his bicycle. This truck hit him. Renee and I are in the car. I'm getting over my irritation. I say that not to be funny, but to make a point. I was not in a good spiritual place. To go pray for anybody. Much less for God to use me for a miracle. And I'm not advocating to not be in a good spiritual place. But I will say. You don't have to be. What came to me. And this is not shocking. We saw. It was like. I told Renee, I said. We we should go pray for him. Because nobody was around them. They were feet off. And they were just staring at this kid. And so. We pulled over. And. We walked up, and as I got closer to this young man, now, I could never be an EMT or a doctor of any kind. I mean, I won't pass out when I see blood, but I don't like it. I'll put it that way, and I don't do well in those kinds of situations. I'm better now, but... This, as we got closer, he was crumpled up. His lower jaw was to one side. He had braces on and part of them were sticking out. He had fluid coming from his nose and his mouth, blood and other fluid. And I could tell this boy was dead. Uh, And I knelt down to go pray for him anyway. And as I knelt down, can I use you again since you're right here? I was stretching my hand out, and I was probably that close, and I heard the Lord's voice say, don't touch him. And I went like that. It's like, okay. So we just started praying for him and praying in the spirit over him. You know, when you're in situations like that, a second seems like it's ten minutes, and ten minutes seems like it's an hour. I have no idea the time. And I'm just praying for him in the spirit. And all of a sudden, it was like two paddles. A defibrillator was put on this young man. He jerked, spit out a bunch of of fluid, and began to breathe. Came back to life right there on the street. A doctor friend of mine I didn't know at the time was standing in there, and he he verified what, what he just saw. That happened, we heard the ambulance coming down the street. Here's the point of it. It always takes faith. Here's how simple it was. Don't touch him. Okay. I didn't have to come up with, you know, 14 years of seminary and Do all kinds of shenanigans and jump up and you know circle him seven times and you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I know for a fact if I'd have touched him, he wouldn't been back. he wouldn't have come back to life. I know that for a fact. I just want to convey to you how simple just listening to the voice of God. And responding. And we get the privilege of Him working miracles through us. When all He's asking is for vessels to just respond to what He's saying. Isn't that amazing? It's just amazing. I may not have my other message because of time, but I wanted to get back into where we left off last week. But if any of you, and this is one of the things we're doing on Sunday morning, and why often when I ask for somebody that's sick or have a disease or whatever, you want healing to raise your hand and to ask others to go to them? because that's part of discipleship. This is a safe place to practice that. Amen. So when you're standing in the line of the grocery store, you can hear the voice of God and lay hands on somebody and see God work miracles. This is happening. We're See, we 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 as Christians, we are I think too many people are in a place where they're sitting back waiting for God. Come on, God. We need a revival. We need an awakening at some time. And it's always just around the corner. Have you noticed that? It's always just around the corner. God's going to move. Well, I want to tell you something. God moved when He sent Jesus on this earth. And He's been moving for 2,000 years through people who will do what He says to do. You want revival and awakening? Start one in yourself because you're the gatekeeper of your own life. Amen. Did you have something, or you do well, let's pray for her. Anybody else? No, 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 that's fine. Joyful when it goes. Yes. Amen. This you know, I you told me. That's Coach Rudy right there. So you're you're Mrs. Coach Rudy, huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Wow, interesting. I Yeah.
0: something that I don't know why,
3: but I Yep. Yes. Yes. Amen. That's right. Amen. Absolutely. Very good. And what's your first name? Uh, Portia. Portia. Very cool name. Yep. Yep. Anybody else that would like to be prayed for this morning? Oh, excellent! Keep your hand up for just a, a few seconds. The rest of you, please go and lay hands or not lay hands, whatever the Lord is saying. Yeah, and just just say what you're hearing, not from your emotion. And if you're not hearing anything, you can pray scripture over them. Amen. Can you do that? Can you raise your hands? One, two, three, get up and go. Let's see people get healed. Let's see miracles happen, right? You can go ahead and go doesn't matter if you were born again this morning or you've been born again for 80 years. Glory. Bless you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for working miracles in us and through us, Father. We bless your holy name.
2: I want to share a testimony that I'm convinced will increase your faith in our Heavenly Father, in Jesus. In the mid-90s, one night, I found my wife, Loretta, cold and dead on the bathroom floor. And uh, I checked. She was cold. She wasn't breathing. No signs of life. I know you're supposed to call 911. That never entered my mind. I got down beside her. I didn't put my hand on her. I just said, Lord, if it's her time to go, that's okay. But I want to spend the rest of my life with her. And she woke up. And that's the God that I serve.
5: Joe, I think that might be good for just for just a little bit to for people to talk about their miracle, their healing miracles, because um, I'm really sensing that the Lord is really wanting for us to really experience that in a way we never have before. When I was born, I was born in a family that had autoimmune diseases, manifested in all kinds of allergies, psoriasis, all kind of stuff, and so um, I always knew that, and I had manifestations of it where my siblings didn't. I had bad um, rashes on my face, my hands, and it would crack and bleed, and I'd have to go to school. I was a little girl to wear gloves to school, and you know, you know how the kids are. Oh, she has cooties, you know, because it was ugly looking, you know. It was all cracky. It was terrible. It was horrible. It was itchy. I still sleep like this to this day because that's how, the only way I could sleep Um, my whole life. I went through that, and then when I was born again, I started um, reading the word of God, and it said that God wanted me healed and that Jesus actually took stripes so that I could be healed. I'm like, I didn't know that God. So, you know, my family's here, so they can testify. My mom would took me to the the uh, doctor, and we did all the allergy tests, and I was allergic to milk and pollens and mold. So I was allergic to everything indoors, everything outdoors, and, you know, what doesn't have milk in it um so the doctor said you know she'll always have it or her whole life and you know you can give her shots if you want to and but you know that's just the way it is so that's the history of it so but i saw in the word where god wanted that not only did he want it but that jesus actually appropriated that for me so i went okay god that's awesome thank you and so i began to just find every scripture i could on healing because this was so cool i was so excited and i began to hide all that in my heart you know uh he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities, the chastisement. My peace was upon me. By his stripes I was healed. And I was redeemed from the law of sin and death. I was no more under the curse, the curse of sickness and disease. And I began to just, oh, my gosh, I began under on that word. And, and as the days progressed, nothing happened. I'm like, well, I don't care. I don't care what my body's showing me. The word of God is more powerful than what my body's showing me. So I just I stayed in that, and I'm telling you people, for me, my journey, it was one year. And I'm in front of my washing machine, and I'm just singing and worshiping God and thanking Him for my healing because I knew I was a healed, and, and I was just thanking Him, and all of a sudden, and it's, this is my, my experience, but I felt this virtue strike me inside. I can't even describe it, but it, I'll tell you what it was. It was a knowing That I would be healed. Now, as I was going through the journey, it even got worse. I started going to my eyes. I couldn't see. I'm like, I don't care. I know what the Word says. And I'm dealing with a generational curse. And I'm dealing with a mindset of unbelief because I never knew this. So all of these, I had to retrain my mind. I had to retrain some files up here, guys. That's right. right, That's right. Right? And so I'm at my washing machine in my first little house joint I bought. And I'm standing there and I knew I was healed. I knew it. As that week progressed, I just watched it all disappear off of my body. And guess what? First thing I did was I went and got an ice cream cone. I didn't dust my house for a <laughs> month. And I just started smelling the dust. I rolled around in my grass. You guys, I'm telling you. The healing of God can be tested. That's right. And clear to this day, guess what? My house is dusty if I want it to be. The molds are outside. I can eat ice cream. I can drink milk. Not that I like it. But I'm just saying, you guys, when you're healed, it's a complete and total healing. And Jesus Amen. heals today. He heals tomorrow. He heals the day after and the day after and the day after. So I'm telling you, we are the healed. And that scripture that I read this morning, he heals all your
0: diseases. You better That's believe right. It. Amen. Amen.
3: Yeah, that's awesome. That's my wife right there. That's my wife.
8: I have a testimony to share. Uh, I'll start with uh, my mother died from hepatitis C. Uh, she had a tubal ligation, pregnancy erupted. and they had to give her blood, and we think that's where she ended up getting it because way back then they didn't know about things like that. For cleaning of the blood And all that So uh, I gave blood one day uh, For for money And they told me They came back and, Well I couldn't give the blood Because they said I had a hepatitis C And so I went to the doctor And he confirmed it I went immediately back to my church My uh, brother-in-law Happened to be the pastor at that time And my sister and my brother-in-law and all of us prayed, and from that day on, I believed I did not have it, and that I was healed. And I never claimed it, never said I had it. Any time I went to the doctor, or any about a year or so ago, at my doctor's office, uh, they were giving out these uh, hepatitis C tests. And they asked me if I wanted one. And I said, yeah, I got it came back negative amen. and i shared my testimony with that nurse because i'm saying that seed you know is what they need they need people need to hear and yes. know that god is good and that he does still perform miracles and he does still heal and i just had to share
3: that. amen that's awesome That's awesome. I'm just going to share a couple more things. I had a question uh, while we were praying, and this is a huge topic. I mean, we can unpack this for weeks and weeks uh, in healing. Um, So going back to, and I got into um, a heated discussion one time when I was in India um, with another pastor from the States that Uh, made a comment when he was preaching that God doesn't always heal. And there's reasons and there's purposes. And I was squirming in my seat so bad. I thought I was going to take off like a rocket ship. And what made this even more dramatic, should I say, is... In India, these pastors we were doing a pastor's conference with, the supernatural is common to them. The casting out demons, the absolute miracles and healing, they talk about it like we talk about the chiefs, like another day in our life. You know, it's just, and when you look at them, it's like, So to get up in front of these guys and say God doesn't always heal when these guys are absolutely, they should be teaching us was another thing that was just like. So (laughs) we got into this and and see, well, there's other dynamics because, you know, in in the church world, if you're a pastor of a very large congregation, then you know more. And when you're a pastor of a small congregation, you really don't. All right, I'll just put it that way. And so we got into this discussion. I'm not going to go into all of it. But I brought up this passage, and it's Isaiah 53, because this is Old Testament, of what Jesus accomplished, because... Healing. Is it raining? Beautiful day to ride a motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) Is this wind? All right. It's just hail and snow and you know that it's nothing big. Because healing is a finished work of the cross. In Isaiah 53, 4, which is an absolute, the first few, first, uh, the third, second, third word in the New American Standard is an absolute, I believe, gross mistranslation. It says, Surely our griefs he himself bore. The word for grief is sickness and disease. And it should say that. Surely, and if you don't believe me, research it for yourself, look up that Hebrew word, and you will discover it means sickness and disease. It's the first thing this scripture says that Jesus took to the cross was our sickness and disease. This, is, this, See, it... To us, it shouldn't even be a question. Healing shouldn't be, well, maybe, or if, or maybe God wants to. No, He does. Jesus took all of it to the cross. Nailed it there and didn't bring it back with Him. Surely our sicknesses and diseases He Himself bore. This is to the very core of Christianity, what he, what he accomplished on the cross, that and so much more. So I was asked a question, and one of the things, and it's about asking God. It, that, that doesn't make sense, like not asking God. Here's what I do, and you don't have to do what I do, but this is what I do. Especially if something happens with me. You know, I, I've had five kidney stones. I've had my knees, dip, what do you call those things, and the meniscus tore out. I've never had surgery. Couldn't kneel. Couldn't hardly get in and out of my truck. This was several years ago. If you've ever had kidney stones, I've given birth five times. It's not fun. Ladies, I, I just had a fraction of what you go through. Heart, I was diagnosed with... Um, Atrial fibrillation when I was 36 years old. Don't have it. I don't have it. Never took medication for it. But when I've had these things, what I do is I say, because it's no no longer a question of, well, God, do you want to heal me? That's not even the question. I already know healing has been taken care of on the cross. And it's been provided. It's the children's bread. It's part of our inheritance of the kingdom. Amen. All I want to know is how, Father, do you want to manifest it? What caused it? I don't, have, I don't necessarily ask what caused it. It's like, Lord, what do you want me to do? The first time when I had atrial fibrillation, this goes back almost 24 years ago. I went to a cardiologist. I didn't know what was going on. My heart rate was 180 beats a minute. It wasn't, wouldn't come down. Renee prayed for me. It wouldn't come down. I went to sleep all night like that. I woke up. It was still beating very fast. I bent over, almost passed out. I heard the Lord say, you need to call the emergency room right now. I did. They said, you get in here right now. See, I'm not against doctors because sometimes the Lord will tell you to do it. I said that because that's faith when when I heard God say it, I did it they I had both arms I'm laying there in an the emergency room, and they've got me injected in both arms and my heart's not coming down. The lady came back in she goes we're gonna we're we're arranging a life flight for you because we can't take care of it here.' I went, oh, well, that's ridiculous. This is ridiculous. I'm 30-some years old. This is ridiculous. I said, Lord, what? I just started praying. Within seconds, I watched that machine. Lady comes back in. We got everything. Ar- huh. Yep. I went home that day. And I had it again about a year later. It happened again. See, it's not about if; it's how. You want to put mud on my face or spit on me? I mean, you see what I'm saying? Then, oh, time is my enemy. Thank you. Last week we started talking about the Feast of the Lord, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits because we're going to be into May next, tomorrow, and then at the end of May, May 28th, I think, is Pentecost. Pentecost is 50 days after, and that's really what I want to talk about, because we started to talk about that last week. Jesus said in Matthew 28, all authority has been given to me. That Greek word authority includes power, but he said all authority and power has been given to me, and then he said now I want you to go and be my witnesses, right? But Later, before, that, before he leaves the earth, he told them to stay in Jerusalem. Don't go anywhere. I want you to be my witnesses, but don't go anywhere. You have to be baptized in the Spirit. He said, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You can have authority, and every Christian has authority when they're born. They're birthed into the family of God. You have authority based on your new birth, but you may not have power. And you can have authority without power and it doesn't function. You've got to have power that gives you the ability to function in your authority. We need to get that concept. And I gave an illustration last week. You can listen to the tape if you are not here. Jesus says this in Matthew t- chapter 10. somewhere. Let's look at verse one. That's not really the exact spot. He said, Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and he gave them authority over unclean spirits. And this is before he left. This is when he sent them out on their own two by two, to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. What I want you to notice there is Jesus gave his disciples the authority to go do it. He didn't say, go and ask my father to do it. Don't go and ask me to do it. I am in, I'm empowering you to go do it as my ambassadors and my representative. See, this involves a whole deep understanding of our identity, which most Christians aren't taught correctly, of being a son or a daughter of God and what really belongs to you. It can sound very prideful and arrogant. But God has given us so much. As a king's kid, he even calls us kings and priests. In the covenant with Abraham and Sarah, he both to both of them individually. He said this: a nation of kings are going to come from you, not a king, kings, plural, a nation of them. Talking about us and the posterity of Abraham and Sarah, of our our uh, father in the faith, a nation of kings. The high place, the enemy has so. Twisted and perverted the people, the image of the people of God. Look at today with transgenderism, the homosexual movement. The, I mean, I, I still cannot even hardly believe that we're here in a place where adults still are telling kids, you might be a boy if you're a girl. You might be a girl if you're a boy. And you may need to go get gender reassignments. I mean, we live in the most bizarre, the attack on the identity of humanity, which is God's glory because humanity represents is in the image and likeness of God. That's why the enemy hates it so much to destroy it. And it's been happening in the church, keeping us so ignorant of what belongs to us and who we are once we are born again. Now we're not all that without him, but with him we're everything. And the enemy knows it, and he's trying to keep us ignorant of it and just sit there and be meek and stay. You know, keep your Christianity inside the four walls. We have some announcements to make.
0: Uh.
3: Oh, that was good, Pete. (laughs) Wrong timing when I'm sucking down that water. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Yes, 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 (laughs) yes. No, I hear you. I mean, the deception is so rampant. Um, and Scripture tells us it's going to be that way. It's going to get that way. It's just sad when you see it and hear it. Bobby, it's going to cost you a dollar.
9: Well, just in case this is God, I'm I'm going to share it. And if I'm missing it, sorry. <laughs> so, um, it's just, I just was thinking how my personality and the experiences in my life uh, cause me to often view myself according to the eyes of others and how they're viewing me. And and a lot of times I um, don't stand in the place where I'm supposed to. But the scripture that says faith worketh by love, I, I found that true in my life and there's been different times Uh, and the two that have come to my mind today has been when Jeremy fell from the top of a ladder when he was like three or four years old and um, he couldn't stay awake and he'd, he'd wake up and he'd throw up and then he'd fall back to sleep and And I called the hospital and asked him what I should do, and they said watching for 24 hours. So, I set him up in a chair, and um, he kept falling asleep in the chair. And I'd set him up, and I'd say, "Jeremy, let's praise the Lord. Come on, let's praise the Lord." And I didn't really know what to do, but I knew how much love I had for him, and he was not going to not come through this. And there was just no way he was not going to not come through this, you know, and so we just praised the Lord for, I don't know how long, and I just kept setting him up, cleaning him up when he'd throw up, and we would just praise the Lord, and he got over it, and he never had to go to the hospital. The, The other time that's coming to my mind today is Mary Helen, and Mary Helen was such a blessing in my life, and I loved her so much, and she was sitting... And her head went back and her eyes went into the back of her head and blood started running out of her, out of her nose and her mouth. And um, I knew it was nothing I'd seen from her before. And we were on camera and being taped working at her house. And because I loved her so much, the passion kicked in and I started just hollering Jesus Holy Spirit come and I just started hollering for the help of the Lord and it's not like me to do that but, but faith really does work by love when you have so much love um, you get the grace or something but anyway I just thought I'd share
3: <laughs> thanks Bobby Um Three things, and I'm going to do this very, very quickly, and then we're going to do a few announcements and then we'll go home. Uh, I found the scripture I was actually looking at. Speaking of Jesus has given us the authority. It is also Matthew 10, verse 8. He said to the disciples, he said, heal the sick. Heal the sick. That's you go and heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the leper. Cast out demons. Freely you receive, freely give. A couple things about death. Uh, Unless Jesus comes back, every one of us is going to die. Yeah, good news. I used to say, again, knowledge is powerful and it's also accountable. Well, we all have to die of something. Oh, we all have to die of something. Something's going to cause us to die. And that's a belief that accident, illness, sickness, heart, whatever, is going to cause us to die. My conscience bothered me at one point, And I got into the scripture. And it was fascinating. I cannot remember how many generations. But when you start in Genesis and you go, you know, the first person that died was killed in the Bible. So when you go through and you have generations turning over, and it says this for quite a few of them, until it ever gets to a sickness that somebody died from, that they went to sleep or they died. doesn't say they were died of something. They expired. It was their time. Because we're all going to die. I had this, this was my first time this ever happened. We were pastoring this congregation, and um we had a member of the congregation that was more charismatic than I am, meaning the what do you call it? It's really not hyper faith, it's more no faith. I think that's what Renee named it years ago. It's not hyper faith, it's like no faith. It's just you're believing what you want to happen. You're not hearing from the Lord. Kind of faith. You understand what I'm trying to say? And this individual's mom was in the hospital sick and was going was, you know, if she didn't get a miracle, she was gonna she was gonna die. And so she called me, told me all about this. Would you come and lay hands on I knew they were expecting a miracle of getting up off that and on the phone, the Lord says, she's going to die. Mm-hmm. On the way there, the Lord, rem- she's going to die. Uh, how do you pray? Because mm-hmm. I know what the family is expecting. Mm-hmm. This faith-filled, you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But she's the Lord was telling me anyway, she is, you, you don't even really need to pray for her. She's going to die. Now, how, why, I don't know. That's what He was telling me. So I show up. Lord, you're going to have to help me with this. One. So when it came time, I laid my hand on her and I prayed everything but healing for her body to get up. She dies. Not that day, but she dies. Some time goes by. The the young lady came in, wanted to meet with me. And we were talking about this whole situation. Talking about faith and healing. And she looked at me and she goes, Now I understand why you prayed the way you prayed. I said, Yeah, I couldn't tell you this before, but the Lord told me your mom wasn't going to make it. And if I'm going to... Respond by faith. I can't pray opposite of what God's telling me because that's not faith. That's presumption. That's I'm. This is what I. Or I'm just going to do it to make the family feel better that I prayed this prayer of faith, and they can say what a great prayer. And the mom die anyway. You see what I'm saying? We have three announcements. One of them, National Day of Prayer, is coming up this week. It's Thursday. Typically, um, we are asked by um, Citywide Pray, Prayer, Kansas City Pray, Pray KC, Pray KC now, um, to host a National Day of Prayer. So we are going to host it for independence, but we're going to do it on Wednesday evening. Our normal Wednesday evening prayer at we will be hosting the National Day of Prayer. Uh, I don't, you know, It's open to the public, so it'll be a little different, those of you that come on Wednesday. So we're going to do that. And then Scott, if you want to come up and share about the pray and prayer and fasting for Israel. Mm-hmm. And then Deborah, if you don't mind, to come up uh, after him, and we'll talk about Mother's Day. You got a pretty loud voice, I don't know.
6: Well, I'll try to Why should we be praised? Israel's national repentance and confession that Jesus is the Messiah is deeply connected. mm Very precious to his heart and he just became.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: hundreds of millions of
7: Okay, um, and you probably have read it in the bulletin already, but um, Mother's Day, May 14th, is coming up. And uh, one of the things collectively at New Covenant that we're doing is, if any of you are familiar with Crossroads Shelter, which is a local shelter here in Independence, and it's through Salvation Army here in Independence. And so they house, they have apartments that housed people who were homeless at the time and transitioning them into some more permanent residency. But um, there are mothers that live there with children, and so we do gift bags each year. Obviously, we're we're putting together things that... Their children can give to them or will be given to them on Mother's Day. So they will not go forgotten on Mother's Day because of lack of resources. And so there is a sign-up sheet out in the foyer. So if you'd like to, and these are personal items, like maybe it's a nice body spray or something that if you don't have money, you're not going to go out and buy things personally for yourself if you're a mom. You're going to take care of your kids first. So it's um we're putting gift bags together and if you would bring your items next Sunday we'll have have those things that we'll be putting together and then they'll be delivered to the shelter which will then give them to the moms and um and these will not be coming even though we're putting them together they're going to obviously give these to the kids to give to their moms so we're just uh helping them out there so anybody that would like to yeah would you have yeah I don't, the the list to sign up is out there. I don't know if we we put a yeah we put some flyers of different types of things that that you might bring to put in those gift bags. But yeah, but if you can bring them by kind of the deadline is next Sunday to bring your items. So all right, thank you.